happy weekend. Hopefully you guys are having a good one out there. We have a special guest with us today. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me here. I really do appreciate it. And hi, everyone. I'm Sam Van Vink. I am actually a sexual assault response coordinator in the Air Force. I am stationed in Utah, beautiful Utah. Um, some of my hobbies, I love spending time in the mountains and traveling and hanging out with my friends. Yes. Heck yes. yeah. Okay, so this episode, I am I'm very excited for this episode, and that's why I was so stoked that you agreed to do this episode with me because I feel like you kind of initiated this whole thing of living an alcohol-free lifestyle and so we are going to be talking about that today but I will say I mean I think everyone can kind of agree like drinking isn't good for you right like there's not necessarily any benefits so we aren't going to get too deep on that aspect and I mean we'll talk on some health benefits but this episode is more so going to focus on our stories with cutting out alcohol and really just to normalize living a life that's not centered around alcohol. Because I feel like right now you don't really hear that very often. You know, even though we know better, we know it'll save us money. We know it'll help us get in better shape. We know we'll feel better. We'll sleep better. Yada, yada, yada. But socially, there are still so many pressures for us to drink, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's just get started with our stories. So, <laughs> I'm going to call you Sober Sam for this episode. Oh, I love that. Right? Yes. We love that, yes. Um, who thought I'd ever be sober, Sam? Right? So that's my thing, too. Um, and let's just start off with, so when did you originally decide to quit drinking? Like, cut it out entirely? Um, so so I will have to say that I was never somebody who, especially in, in my adult years, right, so in my 30s, I was never somebody who drank every night to begin with. So I didn't come home and have even a beer. So even one drink wasn't something that that I necessarily did, but on the weekends, um, I would go nuts, right, so then I would drink so, so much, um, but I think initially, it, it started in 2022, I PCS'd, which is, is moving in the military, so I was forced to move from Montana down to Utah, and the culture down here is very different, right, because it is more of an LDS, religion-based uh, community, and they don't drink, there are a lot of mocktails, so uh, I found that that I really wasn't feeling any social pressure to drink when I went out. And, and that was only if I did go out, right? So I didn't go out a ton here. I was new here. Um, so I think in 2022, there was a significant decrease in the weekends that I was choosing to drink. Um, and then as we moved into to 2023, I was talking to your sister, Hannah, and I think it was really flippant how it actually came up. It was just something like, hey, we, we shouldn't drink for 2023. And she was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, and honestly, that's how it started. And I don't even think her husband, Casey, was was on board until um, until a little bit later, right? Because it was initially like, let's do dry January. Mm -hmm. No, let's do an entire year of not drinking. Um, oh, and yeah. so, you know, I, I deployed two. And so I think that was really helpful um, of having, you know, eight months of limited alcohol, uh, as well. So, so yeah, that was really the beginning of the end, so to speak. Oh yeah. I feel like we quit kind of, I guess, for the same reasons that it was more of just sort of like a challenge, like, Hey, can we do this? Um, cause yeah, for me, it was very, very last minute, like very impulsive. And it was honestly, like I said, it was new years of like going into 2023 and my sister Hannah was like, 
hey, we're, me and Casey are doing this. Do you, you should do it too. And so I was like, it was literally like before, just before midnight. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And it was, I guess, more for moral support for them. Because it is easier to cut out alcohol if you're not surrounded by people that drink a bunch of alcohol. Oh, for sure. And so that is, that part's nice that you didn't have that social pressure where you live. Because that was like, honestly, I would say probably the biggest roadblock for me and Daniel when we did the year without alcohol because especially for him, being a maintainer and all that, it was just constant. Anytime you go out, I mean, you know how the mentality is in the military, but anytime you go anywhere, it's like, well, you have to drink. And then if you say, no, we're not drinking, then that like opens up a whole can of worms too. Yeah, I feel sometimes when I think back on it, because I'm still not drinking now, but it's kind of like a, I don't know, I guess I sort of envisioned it if I would ever go no alcohol that it would be more of a wholesome reason or it would have more value behind it or something. But it was really just like a, yeah, this is a cool challenge. Like, let's see if I can do it, you know? Yeah, um, no, honestly, that's kind of how it was for, for me too. You know, it was like, I, I don't think I thought super deep into into it. It was just more of a challenge. And then I think as, and I know that we'll probably talk about it too, but as um, I started to progress and not have the alcohol and not have uh, those social encounters while drunk, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's huge too. And those social pressures, when that was eliminated, um, I think I started to really realize how much better I've, I felt. Um, and I'm oh, yeah. also still not doing alcohol. And I, I think that it's worth trying for everyone. You mm-hmm. know, at least seeing how you feel. Oh, yeah. And even if I think... I mean, even if you're like, okay, I'm not ready to go completely cold turkey, even if you just cut down on how much you drink, that can still, you can still see a lot of health benefits just from limiting how much you drink or like going, you know, maybe like only seltzers and beers and wine over like hard liquor or something like that. But yeah, I think everyone starts somewhere, you know what I mean? But, um, no doubt. Oh yeah. I have to get a little like history buff in cause you know, I'm a nerd like that. But there's this term apparently going around social media called teetotalers, which just means you don't drink. And I had never heard of it before, but apparently it's a thing now and I keep seeing it everywhere. Um, And so I dug into it a little bit and there's this liquor inventory program, whatever, that like tracks how much liquor is poured at at all the bars and restaurants and stuff. And they put out this whole article and everything on the backstory because we're seeing a huge generational shift now with liquor usage. And so teetotalers, like the phrase and people that don't drink alcohol ever, it goes all the way back to the early 19th century in Preston, England specifically. And Joseph Livesley established the Preston Temperance Society, 1833, later became one of the leaders of the temperance movement and previously documented as early as 1827, some members of the other temperance societies reportedly would put a T after their name to signify their commitment to temperance. And then eventually those members just became known as teetotalers. So basically they had to tell everyone and their brother, like, I don't drink alcohol, look how good I am. So, <laughs> and that is the one thing I'm kind of torn on it. Cause I do, I get a little bit annoyed but I feel like sometimes people that don't drink get a little uppity about it. And they're yeah, kind of sure. like, they're kind of like quick to tell you that. So, and then I, it sucks because then for everyone else, that's just like, I just want to do it 
for the health benefits, whatever, then it kind of, I think, steers them away from it because they're like, oh, you know, the people that don't drink are usually like seen as not very fun or kind of uppity or whatever, whatever. But yeah, yeah. no, I totally agree. And I will say too, like, especially here in Utah, you know, like I said, with there being so many religious communities, it isn't, it isn't taboo here to say I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think about even when, you know, I was in college, um, I, anybody that said they didn't drink, we weren't friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I bartended. Mm -hmm. We were never going to be friends if you didn't drink, right? Like that was my livelihood. So it's, it's it's crazy. You know, you you think about uh, how much changes uh, based on the people that you meet and all those things. And, and then you decide not to drink anymore. And then you're in a community that finds that socially acceptable. It, It becomes easier. Um, but I can see how when I leave here and I'm not in a community like this anymore and I go somewhere else, I do think that I'll experience maybe some social pressures that I haven't felt in a while um, because yeah. it is different here and we have those options. So Yeah, because I mean, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode way back, kind of when I first found out I was pregnant. But yeah, when I found out I was pregnant and then I told, you know, some people like, hey, I'm pregnant, so I can't drink with you anymore. I can't drink when we're snowboarding anymore. I can't snowboard anymore for the next nine months. Um, It was kind of crazy because, like, I saw some people and they're like, okay, well, we'll see you in nine months. Like, once they saw that, like, hey, you you don't want to come out to the bars with us? Like, all right, bye. And so that was kind of crazy, too. Because it's like, oh, all right. Like, that's that's how it is, huh? That's, yeah. But Yeah, it is crazy. And if you have friends that aren't on on board with that that's a struggle you know and I think even Mm -hmm. even in my family and I love my family so very much but we are a family of drinkers that's what we do that is our uh, that's our fun time so to speak right so we all get together and we all get drunk and we all get loud and I'm Puerto Rican so that's what we do Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that has dramatically changed for me and there was resistance in my family initially when I was like I don't drink and I remember the reaction was literally oh you don't drink now because you're right, there is that stigma associated mm-hmm. with not drinking. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I think once once you get over that, once you, you realize um, that is going to happen, I, I think it, it is easier for you to accept, too. You know, maybe you, if those people aren't going to res- respect your boundaries or your guidelines, um, you know, let's spend, maybe spending less time with them. Right, right, yeah. And so then for you, I mean, it's been over a year now. Um, and like you said in your intro, you like, you are very active. You do, I mean, shoot, you go rock climbing, you're hiking all the time. Like you're doing miles and miles of running and walking with your doggos. So what are some of the benefits that you've seen personally since you cut out alcohol completely? Um, so honestly, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, my skin has Mm. been phenomenal. Um, I have lost 30 pounds. I know, girl. I weight lift all the time. I love it. Um, I don't feel yucky when I wake up in the morning. Um, you know, I, I think I used to feel like there were wasted weekends where I would just kind of drink with friends and I would, on that Sunday, I would have anxiety, right? I'd wake mm-hmm. up and be like, what the hell did I say wrong? Or what did I do wrong? Or whatever. So I would way overanalyze that weekend. And, and it would it would really matriculate into the rest of the week. And then the next weekend I would drink. So, um I don't feel any of that anymore. I think uh, my anxiety has gotten better. I, like I said, I've lost weight. I see gains in the gym. Um, I can run for much longer. You know, a three-mile run now is like, meh, you know, a, yeah. a cakewalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
to me, those benefits have been amazing. Um, and mentally, you know, mentally and emotionally too. I think I feel a little bit more, more stable, mm-hmm. uh, which is nuts. Cause I, I, you know, I really didn't think giving up drinking would help with that, but it really has. Oh yeah. No, I, I see that too. Do you ever like miss drinking in any aspect? Uh, no. Oh no. Okay. No. Like a quick no. So <laughs> I miss, I miss my friends, you know, because I move so much. I miss my friends and I think back on those situations, but I never think, wow, I miss getting drunk with my friends. I just think I miss those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in, ter- in terms of, of drinking, I do not miss that at all. I it Really, I think if you were to ask most people, like, how do you feel the day after you drink? Most people, if they're being honest with themselves, are going to be like, I feel like shit, right? Especially if they're so, over the age of, like, 25. <laughs> I know. So why not eliminate that from your life? You are mm-hmm. knowingly making yourself feel like shit, so. So you don't see yourself, like, future state, you don't see yourself really, like, going back ever, like, drinking ever again? No, I don't. Nice. I don't. You know, and I think, and I mean, drinking in a broader term, um you know, in sense of, am I going to get drunk? Absolutely not. Would I have a glass of wine or a beer? Also probably not, but you never know, right? It's really Mm -hmm. hard to say. Absolutely not. But what if, what if three years down the line, I'm like, I want a beer. I would never deprive myself of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but in a broader sense, am I going to go back to drinking every weekend or every week or whatever? Absolutely not. No. Heck yeah. And see that, I feel like that, aspect like where you're at in that mentality is also I feel like a really solid indicator that you'll probably like never drink again because I feel like the people that are saying like okay I'm doing it until this date and like I can't break it because it's a streak yada yada I think those are the ones that maybe if they do if there's a special occasion or a wedding toast or something like that like once they do have a drink that they'll kind of like slip back into that lifestyle but I feel like for you, because that's kind of how I feel too, is like right now I'm just going until I don't feel like not drinking anymore, which I don't really see that happening. Um, but I feel like I'm at a point now where if I had, you know, a glass of champagne for a toast or something like that, I feel like I could easily be like, okay, yep, yeah, that was my glass. Like I'm good. And just go another year, however long, without drinking. So, yeah, I agree. And you know what's interesting to me too is, is um, I know your sister. I I think it's funny how how lives of your friends sometimes co-align for things like this to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that you, me, and Hannah and Casey really came together and did this at the same time and that that we had significant things happening in our lives during this time when we weren't drinking um and it's crazy right you came out with a beautiful baby Um, Mm -hmm. I went on a deployment Hannah's running marathons right like it's it's just so crazy the things that come out of the beautiful things that come Mm -hmm. out of um you know you choosing not to drink or how your life sets you up to be able to continue to facilitate those goals you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah And I will say too, because when I started the not drinking process, we did, because we were also, we were about to be leaving California. So there were so many going aways and everyone's like, oh, it's your going away. You have to drink, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was such a weenie about it. And so we did have a lot of the social pressure right from the jump. 
And especially because I'm female, so it was before I even found out I was pregnant. But at all these, you know, like the going away parties and stuff. And I said like, no, I'm not going to drink. I'm good. And they immediately assumed I was pregnant. And I was like, that kind of sucks too. Because I'm like, again, like I've said before, I'm like, you shouldn't be asking people unless you're good friends with them or family or something. But like, don't ask people, when are you going to have babies? Are you pregnant? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it's not a good question to ask. And so it's like, it's also kind of sucks too. I'm like, why would you just assume just because I don't want to drink that that's, that's because I'm pregnant. You know what I mean? And so I was more, when I decided to go no alcohol for the year, I was more worried and concerned about the social events and basically like, okay, how am I going to survive this event that I have to go to? How am I going to get through the night? And that was kind of also the deciding factor of like, all right, if I can't even get through a going away party or something without a security blanket drink, like maybe that's an indicator that this is really something I should be doing because you shouldn't have to rely on a substance to get you through anything. Like one, what I learned mostly was like, stop going to things that you don't want to go to. Like just Mm -hmm. say no, you know, um, stop being around people that you cannot stand that you need a substance to get around just being around them. Like maybe don't hang out with those people anymore. But it was kind of cool because once I, you know, quote unquote survived, that first going away party without drinking after that it just got easier and easier and now I'm like yeah no I don't I no thank you don't want to drink and you can people can kind of just leave it at that and it doesn't bother me nearly as much now as it did in the beginning you know yeah you know it's crazy that we have such similar experiences um with growth, you know, because I think you, you, me, and I can't speak for Hannah, but I'm sure she feels the same way. You know, when you initially think about giving up drinking, you're not thinking about like the mental and emotional growth or like mm-hmm. the realization of, of your personality, you know, while you, while you quit drinking, you're not thinking about that part of it. Um, but, but it's true. It is a social crutch. And I, I completely agree with you. I think I realized that, you know, I think back and I'm like, I don't think I ever had an encounter with someone, like an initial, even sexual encounter with someone, um, when I wasn't drunk. Like mm-hmm. I was always drinking, and and because I am an introvert, and I realized through not drinking that I am an introvert. You're right. I have to, in order for me to be able to be around people for extended periods, I felt like I had to drink. And now I leave. Now I'm mm-hmm. like, oh you know what, I've been here for an hour and a half and I've had my fill and I feel overstimulated, so it's time for me to go, right? And so you really get in touch with how you feel, your interactions with people. Um, you make friends, I think, that are that are more aligned with you, right? It isn't this drunk meeting people in a bathroom and you get their phone number and then you, you're friends with this person or even mm-hmm. just acquaintances, excuse me, acquaintances with this person and you really don't like them or whatever. It Those are gone. I don't have any of those. I choose to surround myself with people that are valuable people, value added to my life, right? And it's crazy that all of those realizations have happened through not drinking. Who would have thought, Mm -hmm. right? I never would have thought that. Well, and also, side note too, alcohol is the only drug that people socially bully you and guilt trip you and shame you for not using. Like, you would never hear a normal human being 
being like, oh, hey, welcome to my house, going away, whatever, whatever. Oh, you don't want to use meth? Why don't you want to use meth? Just use meth. Like, you would never hear that. But with alcohol, you have to, like, defend your reasoning behind why you're not drinking. You have to, like, put up all of this effort and you have to, like, kind of put yourself out there and be like, no, thank you. I don't want to do this, even though it's not the, you know, the popular choice. And you have to explain yourself. You don't have to explain yourself if you say, no, ma'am, I don't want heroin today. Like, it's insane, you know? Like, you shouldn't have to defend your reasoning not to drink. No, I completely agree. And that is, it, and I, you know, sometimes I do feel that way. Um, you know, we have... At work, you know, we'll have parties or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, why don't you drink? And and I appreciate that question, right? And I answer those questions. Sometimes it can be condescending, right? So somebody will ask me a question, and it, like you said, especially in a military environment, um, somebody will ask you that question, and it comes across as, as oh, poor you, or, oh, I feel so bad for you that you don't drink. What's wrong with you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we can't be friends because yeah. you don't drink. You don't know how to have fun, Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're you're not fun, and you know what? That's okay. If you don't perceive me at fun at this point, um, because I'm I'm not like you said doing a drug, um, you know, snorting cocaine, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's wild. And I was thinking about it when I was kind of when I had this episode idea kind of like floating around in the back of my brain. I was thinking about honestly, like the generational differences, which I think is really cool because the generation before me, like. Gen X and like 90s going into the 2000s I feel like everyone and their brother smoked and that was just like the thing to do and then now we learned more we learned about the health risks all this stuff and now kind of nobody smokes and everyone like if you see someone smoking a cigarette you're a little bit like ew you know that stinks now you know Gen Z has vaping and all that stuff So everyone smells like cotton candy clouds. But I think alcohol now, because I kind of noticed that as like, alcohol is sort of the generational, like, I think it shows a lot of the differences between the generations. And so I did, I dug into that a little bit too. Um, And so there's an article from Reframe that I found, which is like an online therapy substance abuse support app, sort of. And this was from August of last year. And so Gen Z are drinking about 20% less alcohol per capita than millennials did at their age, which I think is great, you know? And 64% of them said that they expected to drink less frequently when they grow older than the older generation do now. Mm-hmm. And they're also spending less money on alcohol than any other generation before them. And they had a Gallup poll that showed that Gen Zers spent 40% less alcohol just in 2021. And they're abstaining entirely more and more than previous generations. And I think a big chunk of that is um, we're seeing more and more of like a health and wellness focus in the generations as compared to like baby boomers and Gen Xers where they just like, they're like, no, we're not going to therapy. No, we're not going to work out. Like, you know, and, but it's, it's sad though. Cause like I said, I dug into some of these stats and it's progressively getting better, but it's wild because millennials, we are, I mean, we're the driving force of the alcoholic market. We led the 12% global consumption back to back, like after COVID, yay us, I guess. Um, college age adults are now, it's cool though, because they're abstaining from alcohol. It used to be 20%, now it's up to 28% from the last two decades. And 
like I said, part of that I think is because of there's just more awareness of the risks. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, poor decision making. And then also addiction is real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think too, like our generation, um, you know, we were set up socially to incorporate alcohol into our mm-hmm. lives. So because it was so normalized from the generation before us, right? Um, and I, a lot of millennials that I know now are, are recognizing that and breaking away from it. So I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know, we're still humans and I think each generation will have its negative trend like vaping. Um, but, but truth be told, people don't vape and drive and kill other people, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I think I read the statistics where, like, in America, 28 people um, die a day from drunk driving, right? So, like, if we need to kick any uh, addiction, alcohol is the addiction to oh, yeah. because that kills more people, right? And, and it's the same, you know, we'll look back years from now and we'll think oh my god I can't believe how much you know people drank hopefully so hopefully mm-hmm. those generations after us um really get rid of that the the reliance on alcohol so I'm glad I'm glad to hear that and it's cool mm-hmm. to see that that Gen Z isn't prioritizing alcohol well and they're making the shift too with that social aspect like you mentioned because in that reframe article it also said 58% of Gen Zers consider going to bars and restaurants an important part of how they socialize compared to the 65% of millennials. And so, yeah, it's it's huge. Um but it's cool that she said well cuz Utah has a lot of they have a lot of Mormons too, right? They do. So, L- so yeah, L- LDS Mormons, yeah. So they um they sure do, and they actually, I mean, they still go out and socialize, right? It's a college town. We have mm-hmm. uh, the University of Utah. We have BYU right here. We have, um, uh, well, just a lot of, I think there's another university. I can't remember the name of it, but we have we have quite a few, uh, and, and they all go out, right? Salt Lake City is like 30 minutes from my house, so everyone goes out, and drinking is not part of that. Um, it's surrounded buy food right so your social encounters are are food based and mocktail based so they have some amazing mocktails um and really prioritizing juice and and shout out to saudi arabia too i was deployed out there and they prioritize there's no alcohol allowed in the country and the fresh juices Mm. are amazing and they're health based right and so you're drinking these juices that are actually good for you instead of drinking alcohol that tears down your body um, so it was really cool to see that shift, not only, you know, here in this community in Utah, but also to see in Saudi Arabia, a country on the other side of the world, um, they don't like alcohol either because they realize how destructive that can be. And, and I know that there are religious based reasons behind that as well, but, um, they prioritize the health benefits of food to take the place of that or drink to take the place of that, which is cool. Oh, yeah, because didn't, um, like, a lot of the, not even, like, liquor stores, but, like, the gas stations in out there in Utah, don't they, like, not, not like, not all of them sell alcohol or, like, only on certain days or times or something? I am going to be so honest with you. I don't know. I have fallen so far out of knowing. I don't even pay attention to the alcohol that, that's sold anywhere. I think um, if I... If I think about, I don't know if they sell them in gas stations. I'm also from Pennsylvania where we have beer barns and and wine stores and everything is sold separately. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in my mind, I think I just categorize every type of alcohol to be sold separately and not in stores because Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. So I don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, because I was looking at that, too, because I'm like, I mean, you got to love a good old capitalist society, you know what I mean? But I'm like, with everyone shifting away from drinking, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of, like, losses for the liquor stores and stuff. And so they're, like like you said, the mocktail bars and stuff, they're popping up all over now. And non-alcoholic beers are the fastest growing segment in the beer industry with an average growth of nearly 4% in the past five years. So I think that's cool because, well, they're giving us, like, other options, which I think is really cool. So they're not just like, nope, go drink your water, which we probably should be drinking more water. But that's not the point, you know what I mean? Like, they're giving you options, so... So that's cool. Yeah. But I mean, they have to because, like you said, it's revenue lost, right? So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll always, like you said, capitalist society, they'll always find a way to be able to, to cater to the masses to make sure that they stay relevant, whatever that looks like for, for them and for us. Oh, yeah. And so I did, I did some more, like, because, like I said, the generational factor, like, fascinated me on this. So that's why I'm really like honing in on it. But I have some stats for you, like just side by side, because it's it's crazy to see the like it's a pretty dramatic shift. Um, and then I also I want to get your feedback on the mental health aspect for the baby boomers. But starting with Gen Zers, they're now labeled the sober curious generation, which I think is great because it's giving them like the choice. It's them saying like, hey, I'm just choosing to live a different lifestyle. It's not like, okay, I have to because I'm addicted or, you know, some other reason that's kind of forcing them into it externally. It's just purely their choice. But then millennials, I mean, go us. 53% said they consumed alcohol in the past month. 57 are drinking craft beers weekly. Gen X, 65% consumed alcohol in the past month. 48 are drinking wine at least once a month. They're kind of bougie. And the key difference, though, this is so sad. Um, The key difference between the drinking styles of Gen Xers as compared to Millennials and Gen Z is that Millennials are drinking to feel more comfortable socializing, but Gen Xers tend to use alcohol for relaxation, making them more likely to drink alone. So I think we can all kind of see that's a very slippery slope to go down. And then baby boomers, this like breaks my heart. 72% 72% have consumed alcohol in the past month and 107% increase we've seen in alcohol use disorder among people aged 65 and older. Researchers are also noticing that that increased trend of binge drinking in baby boomers, which for reference, according to this Reframe app, binge drinking is five or more drinks in one sitting for men, four or more drinks at once for women. And the Gallup poll was showing about 20% of adults aged 60 to 64 and around 11% of those over 65 are currently admitting to binge drinking consistently. And sadly, the rate of alcohol-induced deaths in 2020 was highest for those aged 55 to 64 for males and females. And so I just, I don't know, I think that's so sad. Like, get your parents help if they need help. You know what I mean? Like, they went through some stuff. They were raised by people that went through some stuff. So not that it's excusable. It's, it's understandable that they'd be struggling. You know, that generation was not allowed basically to go to therapy. It wasn't attainable or achievable. Like they weren't encouraged to talk about their feelings or their emotions. And so liquor kind of was their escape, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, generational trauma is real. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. I I think, you know, I think um, 
each generation, and I already touched on it too, you know, each generation is going to have its negative trend. Um, but again, going back to how destructive alcohol can be, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's something that we don't take as seriously as a society that, that we should, because those are some staggering statistics when you look at, at boomers and you, you know, you look at your parents and you're like, wow, most of you and your friends are drinking an insurmountable amount of alcohol to be able to deal with, with what's going on. Um, and, and like you said, trying to get them help, normalizing that, that mental health aspect of seeking help and getting that therapy, because obviously there are problems, you know, you, you, somebody can deny till they're blue in the face that they don't have any issues, but if it's coming out in those staggering statistics in terms of drinking, then mm-hmm. there are issues, right? I mean, those are, those are facts. Um, and yeah. so they definitely definitely need some help well and they're not they're not drinking you know wine and seltzers and white claws either they're drinking old fashions they're drinking gin and tonics without the tonic they're drinking you know just straight liquor on ice yeah and so hard mm -hmm, it's so tough on their livers and all that but and that's like i said that's why i wanted to focus on this episode more on like just making it more socially acceptable and more of an attainable feat to just cut out or even just limit the amount of alcohol that you're consuming. Because like I said, I don't think anyone's really disagreeing on like the health benefits, but it's just normalizing it. And so to lighten things up a little bit here, um, I also looked at some celebrities that are really starting to speak out now on being sober. And it's like a multitude of reasons. Like some of them are like, I just don't want to drink when my kids are in the house. So maybe when they're 18, maybe then I'll drink again. Who knows? Maybe not. Some are doing it for the anxiety to avoid the hangovers. Like a lot of the athletes I read about, they were like, just purely my health and my physical performance. Like I need to be able to perform. I can't perform when I'm drinking. So easy choice. The alcohol is out, you know? Um, and then of course, some of them too are like, no, you know, I have alcohol use disorders run in my family or, you know, I have a very addictive personality. So let me just get ahead of it while I can and just not drink at all. But I think it's cool when these, some of these celebrities speak out on it because again, it just, it normalizes it. And I mean, I think we do have a tendency to look up to some of these people and so if, if your mentor or someone you look up to, if they say, oh yeah, I don't drink and it's great, I love it, I think that can kind of help urge us in the right direction to cut out alcohol too. So here's a list of people in no particular order, but let me list them off. We've got Joe Biden, but I will say this probably just because he's older than dirt and his heart couldn't take it, but Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Warren Buffett, Steve Jobs, RIP, Jason Bateman, Kate Beckinsale, Gerard Butler, Daniel Radcliffe, J Lo, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Bryce Harper, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Cristiano Ronaldo, Zach Efron, Tom Holland. He talks about his sobriety a lot lately on social media. Demi Lovato, Cara Delevingne, Tyra Banks, Jack Harlow, Nicki Minaj, Calvin Harris. Drew Barrymore, Jessica Simpson, Miley Cyrus, like the list goes on and on, right? Yeah. And so I think it just makes it a little bit more of an attainable goal for us when we hear some of these amazing people that are saying like, hey, look at all of these benefits that I've seen in my life personally. So I think it's good. And let's talk about the health benefits, okay? Because I do want to touch on them. 
you can listen to Dr. Huberman's podcast episode on not drinking and a million other videos and articles. And they usually, like I said, unfortunately, they get kind of pretentious. They involve a lot of ice baths, waking up at 4 a.m., like a bunch of other kind of unrealistic things sometimes, but just realistic Cliff Notes version. This is straight from the health services executive, so it is legit. Short-term benefits include lower blood sugar, lower blood pressure, fewer alcohol-related symptoms like headaches, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, less fatty buildup around the liver, improved existing conditions such as depression, skin conditions like you said, Sam, anxiety, better sleep, more energy, weight loss, better absorption of nutrients like vitamins B1, B12, folic acid, zinc, my favorite, fewer injuries, because I know, I know we all wake up and we're like, how did I get this bruise? Why does my knee hurt now? Like, it's always something, right? And then yes. long-term benefits, greatly reducing your risk of seven different kinds of cancer, which I didn't know about. So that part's really cool. But it's breast cancer, liver cancer, bowel cancer, mouth cancer, larynx, esophagus, and upper throat cancer greatly reduces that risk. And then of course, liver disease, depression and anxiety. And so, like I said, plus you're saving money, like the lists go on and on and on. So I think yeah, that awesome. is important. I mean, we want to take care of ourselves, right? No one wants to be 40 years old and have like failing health conditions. You know what I mean? Like you don't want yes. to make yourself miserable if you don't have to. And so yeah. I think it's cool. Honestly, just the more that we talk about it, the more normalized it will get. And then you can just start feeling better. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. once you realize like, hey, I don't need alcohol to get through events or to calm my social anxiety or to help me sleep, anything like that. Like once you realize, hey, maybe I don't need this, then I feel like the doors just open up left and right. Yep, I completely agree. I also think, um, and to touch on your social media slash uh, celebrity um, viewpoint too, where you were talking about how that can influence people, I think TikTok has been really influential too, um, and maybe that is also contributing to why Gen Zers are drinking less as well. I mean, you can see that there's a community online of individuals that aren't drinking and that, that have that clean lifestyle like you were talking about, um, whether it be the ice baths or not or whatever they're incorporating. But but they do, I have seen a lot. And we all know TikTok is geared towards you, right? So TikTok knows I'm not drinking. But um, I have seen a lot of people um, glamorizing the not drinking, which I appreciate, right? So that oh, yeah. can definitely be also influencing um, some of their choices too. Uh, you know, I think... Um, there's a, a specific TikToker, and I won't say her name, but there is a specific TikToker that I have seen other individuals stitch, um, and she's sloppy. She is drunk every weekend, and her peers are are noticing and asking her to get help for it, right? Mm. Like, in what world would I have thought that, you know, a young uh, Gen Zer would be telling their peers to get help for drinking at such a young age? Like, that's, that's crazy to that's see, awesome, right? Yeah. But it's awesome. Um, so, yeah. I wonder, too, just with now that everything is documented online and all that stuff and social media is such a huge presence in our lives, I wonder if that's also kind of part of the shift with the different generations drinking less and less because now all of your weekend escapades are posted online and then it's there forever. So I wonder if that's like a slight factor too of like, hey, maybe I don't 
maybe I should stop making bad choices on the weekends because those bad choices will catch up to me later. You know, my boss will see it, my coworkers will see it, or anything like that, you know? Oh, no doubt. I think about some of the weekends that I had when I was younger, and I am so grateful that there were no cameras to capture. I could not imagine <laughs> living in a world today where anything that I do could end up on the internet and, and millions of people could see. So, yeah, I think that that is a huge deterrent. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, yeah. All right. So as we wrap up this episode, do you have any advice for some of the listeners that get pushback for not wanting to drink? Um, you know, I think that we, we talked about a lot of, of benefits and being able to, to talk to people um, through our own experiences, right, anecdotally, how we've had to deal with that. But I think in general, set boundaries and stick to them. Um, so with people, you know, set boundaries and stick to that. And it is so hard, but people love to test those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately those people I've had to cut out of, out of my life. So if they can't respect that, I don't want to drink a liquid, literally a liquid, um, then what other boundaries will they respect? You know? Mm-hmm. So I know that might not be the easiest answer, but setting those boundaries and sticking to them and knowing that, that you are in the right because it is for your body that you are making those decisions. Yeah. I love that. I, I agree. I think if anyone, like if they're really choosing to like basically cut off a friendship because you don't want to drink alcohol, like I said, realistically, like it is a type of drug. So it's like, if, if they're going to cut you off and give you attitude for you not wanting to do a drug, I don't think that they're really people you should have in your life. So I say get wrecked, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Get wrecked, but sober. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, And then last question for you, just for, just for my entertainment and for the listeners, what are you reading or listening to these days? Um, Okay. So I am a, I love podcasts. So uh, first, I'm listening to National Park After Dark. It's a mm. crime podcast. It's amazing. So they do like weird oddities, curiosities, and crime um, in national parks. So definitely listen to that. Um, and then I am reading She Explores. Um, they're like stories of life-changing adventures on the road and in the wild. Um, and it, it highlights women in the outdoors. It's Heck by Gail yeah. Straub. It's a phenomenal book. And the pictures that are with it are awesome because, you know, I'm old, but I still like picture books. So. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Heck, yeah. I'm going to add that to my list. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, you should. Thank you so much. All right. We will let y'all go for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Sam. Hopefully, Thank we will get me. you on another episode soon. As always, make good choices, be a decent human being, take care of each other, check in on your parents if they're drinking a lot all the time, check in on those Gen Xers if they are drinking alone, and we will catch y'all next time. Okay, bye!